Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Kids Are Not All Right, a lighthearted sister-run podcast about family separation and all the messy bits in between. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Kids Are Not All Right. In today's episode, we have invited Andrea Valgoy, who is here to speak about his experience of being a child of divorce. Um, his parents separated 27 years ago when he was three and a half years old, and we're just really happy to have him on today. So welcome, Andrea. Thank you very much. Um, we, yeah, I mean, thank you, Andrea, for being on board. Um, we feel, you know, this is an important conversation for us all to have um, because I think it kind of will help us to continue to understand and compare the experience of adult children of divorce like us versus children of divorce, um, especially in, you know, instances of open conflict uh, amid separation, which I know you are familiar with. Um, and we also felt like it was important to have a male voice on the podcast. Um, we've already had I think only one other man on the podcast. So <laughs> I'm just me. here for the quota, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> um, we need to diversify a little bit. Um, no, but we, we really want to get also kind of a male perspective, um, just also because we're all girls in the family. There's a lot of feminine energy. So yeah, we're excited to start this conversation with you. I mean, maybe the best way to start it is to begin with you telling us a little bit about yourself um, and your experience of divorce. Sure. I I was born and raised in Milan, Italy, although I spent um, a few of my adult years abroad uh, between China and London. And I actually decided to come back here in Milan very recently, just a couple months ago. And I'm saying that because it could be relevant to the conversation that we're about to have, given that I'm back into the city where both my parents live. Um, I'm 31 years old now, and I've been a child of divorce since... I can remember, basically. I think I have perhaps two, three memories of my parents uh, and I being all together. And the most vivid one being of them fighting and screaming. And the other one is probably of me watching my dad packing up boxes and, and you know moving boxes down the stairs and, and sort of me asking my mom, uh, why is daddy doing that? And and I was about, uh, I was four years old at the time. And I I just have this memory of, you know, is a memory linked to a strong feeling of of not understanding what was happening and why it was happening, um, and that and that why has then stayed with me for several years after that. So a sense of confusion, kind of around, yeah, what was kind of happening in your life and the shift, right? And you were a single child as well, right, at the time, so. Yes, yes. Yeah. I was um, the only child of uh, my two parents. And yeah, that sense of confusion, I think, actually was sort of increased very rapidly because soon after my parents' divorce, um, my mom decided to bring into my life or our lives and into our house, what used to be my father's house too, a new partner. And that left me a little bit, how would I find the word? struck in a way sort of that that why just became bigger all of a sudden i i couldn't understand or process why dad was not at home anymore and the fact that then there was somebody else who 
was acting like a dad and and ordering me around was just something I I couldn't I couldn't compute that 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 sort of feeling then of of confusion I think grew into resentment because I started asking like why like how dare he saying something like this how dare he telling me what to do obviously he's not my father so that that confusion and and anger for what happened uh, accompanied me for for many years and. I guess, well, I'm jumping right into this, but um, that was sort of increased by the fact that, you know, when I when I got to see my father, when I was spending time with him, what he was telling me about uh, my mother, or rather the relationship, the new relationship my mother was having, obviously conditioned the way I was looking at it as well. Uh, so my father not being happy about it made me even more resentful. And so I think this brings up maybe the main topic of conflict and handling conflict in a divorce. The fact that they separated very fast and not in a peaceful way, or there was not a real agreement around the divorce itself, made it so that the, the conflict sort of continued long after the divorce and continues nowadays, actually, where they're not able to stay in the same room for more than two minutes. Um, Can I ask you, because that you're like three and a half years old is very young, obviously. And like you said, you know, it starts with you not maybe not even being asked to have an opinion of your own because you're kind of almost like a victim to the situation in that moment as it's unfolding. So I'm just wondering, Mm -hmm. as you then grew older and you grew more cognizant and, you know, into your teenage years or maybe even more rebellious in a way, how did that confusion and that helplessness and that like why continue to evolve? I'd say, I think you used the right term, like uh, victim there, because I I did feel like the victim. I didn't understand for many years, actually, why I couldn't have that picture perfect family that mm-hmm. you see in the Nutella commercials on the on the telly. And um, those Italian and- <laughs> reference of all time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. And so um, I was kind of ashamed of, of Telling my friends that had their parents together that mine were divorced, and the fact that yeah, it was it was complicated at, at times, especially at the beginning. Um, how I got to see them both, you know, the experience I had was such that, as you said, I had zero involvement in 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 this divorce. I was just experiencing sort of the consequences of their choices, and I felt at times I was the object of contention, uh, where I. You know, my dad or my mom wanted to spend more time with me or less time with me because that kind of, that holiday was coming up or that event was coming up. So I was all of a sudden the weight that had to be dropped off uh, like a package. So I felt powerless for years. I and I felt um, I felt alone uh, a lot. Yeah. And I think this has started to change during my teenage years, where I started sort of focusing a little bit more on myself, sort of getting into my adult life, I, all of a sudden, it, it was more important what the people thought of, of me rather than my family and what I was choosing to do rather than what my parents decided for me. And so um, who I wanted to be as an adult rather that, than where I was coming from. Mm. Uh, so gradually mm. this sort of, not faded into the background, but I started affirming myself as an adult in in this life slowly by slowly, and therefore the the victim feeling sort of started to started to change. 
uh, I think the conflict continued um, during that time and after that. Um, it continued like when I was at uni, when I was out of um, my parents' home, uh, living by myself, because then there were issues such as money, who's going to pay for college <laughs> of this yeah. kid or logistically for, for housing and logistics. So yeah. the, the, the yeah. conflict was always there and it was annoying to be caught in between the fire, but I, I didn't feel like a victim anymore. I think then I just started to figure out how I could deal with it. So mm-hmm. moving a little bit more into, I think, acceptance of the situation. Uh, it sucks. Um, how do I deal with all of this? How do I manage this? And at the beginning, it, it wasn't um, great. I, had, I think I had a lot of anger and it was difficult to manage uh, both the relationship with my parents. But then it started to change. I think the, the more I became adult, the wiser I became, the better then um, I was able to manage the relationship with my parents. Mm. And and yeah, how I felt about the divorce also changed. Yeah, it almost sounds like you taking control of your own identity was a really big part of that as well. Yeah, yeah. I never really reflected on that as much as I am now, to be honest. But um, I, I saw myself as the, the byproduct of these two very, very different persons and um and and so focusing on on my own identity what i thought of myself and 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 leaving also physically milan and the family allowed me to create a little bit of of distance between also the idea that i had of myself and the idea that i had of my family and how these two were not necessarily connected and you know going out in the world making new connections and relationships or earning the first money my independence allowed me to create distance you mentioned Andrea earlier obviously that feeling of loneliness and um yeah well you know in in the early stages and I think probably a big part of that was because you were the only child kind of there at the time when did your family grow and what was that like um my my dad started seeing other people after the divorce obviously and uh he was very he had a very different approach to to my mom's so he didn't bring into our home anybody uh for for several years and um and so um he introduced me to some friends here and there throughout the years it only got weird when he started dating the mom of one of my schoolmates so all of a sudden we were going on weekends together but uh, i i think i was 10 or 11 when he introduced me to his partner that he is with still today and i was 12 when they had uh, their first child and 14 when they had the second one so i have two sisters now from my dad's second relationship and how it's been for me i would say extremely beautiful because I now had sisters. I had, you know, somebody that I could, um, that I felt close to me, but that wasn't uh, my dad or my mom. And I was very excited as as a young as a young kid about that. Finally, having some company or whatnot. I had wonderful ideas, and I got to spend a lot of time actually with my with my sisters, being 
a free babysitter all of a sudden. So when I was say 16, uh, my dad started feeling comfortable leaving leaving me with with the two of them uh, and not paying anybody to to babysit them. So I got to to spend a lot of time with them and change a lot of diapers, um, which was great. And and now I have two yeah two sisters in my life that I that I love very much, and I'm very grateful for for these two. I think how in it impacted the relationship with my dad was in that one of the pros of the divorce was that whenever I got to see my father, I would I would spend some alone time with my dad, some some father and son time. So often I couldn't see him because he was say abroad for work and then I would wait two weeks to see him again and then that time was quality time that we spent together. And I really cherish those those moments. And I think they're very important to have in, in any family. And so um, the moment that my sisters were born, I I was sort of robbed of that occasion. So uh, especially at the beginning when I was 12, I was still kind of jealous of that that time that I didn't have anymore. Mm-hmm. Um and and I see throughout the years my dad having a difficult time navigating this um, this situation because when I was able to communicate to him that I needed some some time with him alone, I could see that it wasn't an easy position he was in because he had two little daughters. Obviously, he needed to you know look after, and then a new partner that also wanted some alone time, and so I think the situation got quite difficult to manage for for him and uh, and it it's always been it's always been so uh, so i went from going on holidays just my dad and i to okay now it's a family holiday and and asking for hey can we do a weekend together and getting like the first nose at the beginning i was like oh what do you mean we can be together for a whole weekend and so that was a little bit difficult to to understand or to accept at the beginning that's i think how it how it changed when the when the two sisters were born i mean it's so complex because and not just for your father but like i'm just going to take the position of you as the child of divorce there because essentially you have one foot in a family that's broken and was broken that you are left to deal with the consequences and then you have the other foot in a new blossoming family which you are a part of but you still have that one foot in the other family that was broken. Looking back now, if you could give your father and your mother some advice in that time, what would it be to have made that easier for you? Probably helping a, a kid to understand what's really going on, um, spending some time speaking about this topic in a way that you were, you explain it to them, establishing a, a healthy communication around what is happening, why is happening is, is the most important thing because uh, no one really sit, sit me down and said, you know, that, that this was normal and that I could was, happen. I was just going to ask you that because I was like, you know, did your parents ever sit you down and say, look, this is what's happening? Or was it just like your dad's going down the stairs with the boxes, he's gone and you never really got an explanation? I think given that it was so abrupt and so painful for the both of them, this divorce, the separation, they gave me explanations while they were still grieving and and probably never really fully processed what happened there. And so it was more of a, it sounds like a strong word, but like 
vomiting their feelings and so i i feel like i was i was robbed in a way of the possibility of creating my own opinions on my parents yeah. because they had decided those for me i i was always very much aware of my parents flaws and i was never able to create a an image uh, of them that was something i could look up to and and so i've always wanted to again create my own life and family and to be very far uh, away like very different than what i had experienced uh, myself yeah that really I don't know if I answered your question but I went in all directions I'm you sorry. said so many interesting things there I just <laughs> want to unpack all of them <laughs> so hard to yeah it's really and it again like everything you said again highlights the importance for you to be clear on who you are for yourself because that comparison to your parents was never something positive so then you were kind of like on your own and and setting your own standards I guess um how did you deal with this open conflict like what were you going through emotionally but also mentally to be able to deal with this going forward and now even in your adult years i think i wasn't able to deal with it i i didn't have the tools to to deal with it i i took it lying down so it it hurt and and it it still does um see now i have a way to say stop speaking like this or I'm no longer comfortable having this discussion. Uh, I don't. I don't want to be in the middle. But when you're seven or you're ten years old, you you can't. So I think I I didn't. I never sort of asked myself the question: How am I going to deal with this? It happened. I think when I was so young that that was the norm, and only when I started going into the world and sort of establishing connections with other adult people that I realized that this was not okay, that this was violent and, 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 or toxic. And so I think that's when also that I started doing the work and it took me years to change the way, again, I look at my mother because of the way my father spoke about her and vice versa. And, and I think now that I've done a lot of work and I'm doing the work, I see how painful that has, has been to me because obviously I think a child has an innate love for their parents. There is an attachment, a strong attachment. And when this bond is somewhat spoiled or, you know, this idea you have in your mind is sustained by what you hear from the opposite parent, then what lacks is a sense of stability. Um, I'm curious, Andrea, just to kind of find out about, you know, you are 31 now. It's been 27 years since since they separated. Um, how has their separation shaped you you know a certain outlooks or or mindsets or maybe you know friendships or relationships how has that impacted you i think to answer that question uh, you know i would have to tell you everything about me in a way because it has Im impacted me and in, in, in so many ways obviously that's how i grew up and has shaped me into the man that i that i am today and so i i wouldn't 
know how say it would have been without this experience but i think probably the essence of 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 it is that having witnessed this this violence and and a conflict from very early on and and so experiencing and really feeling this makes me want to stay away from it as much as possible and therefore in in any relationship that i have trying not to get to that point of of no return where that conflict turns nasty right so so i i fear that that level of violence yeah. uh, in a way and i wouldn't be able to sustain it um but i think that enormous amount of pain the moment i was able to transform it it has served me greatly and from that suffering i think immersing myself in that the abyss of my own sorrow has allowed me then to come out the other end uh, a better person and and funny enough i i, I had a, a an epiphany or a moment where i where i had to to remember i was walking towards the bus and i had to to stop sit down and i and i started crying when i realized that you know my my parents brought so much suffering into my life but at the same time they gave me the keys to you know transform this or to transcend it because in their own way they have shown me a path to liberation so if i started meditating early on to regulate all my emotions and to be able to find center amongst all this conflict and violence is because well my mom was a yoga teacher or because my dad was reading self help books so they were themselves on a journey of i think self discovery that in a way i i learning from them i was able to then find the the key to transform all this all this pain i don't know if that makes sense to all of you but what i'm trying to say i think is that the moment i stopped asking myself why this happened to me but i started thinking that that has happened for me that that divorce and all that pain and suffering was was there for me that's when i really started probably to grow and that's how it it has shaped my mindset or shaped me into the the man that i am today and we have this saying in italy that is you know if suffering has made you bitter then you've wasted it so i think that's really the essence because seeing really how bad a divorce can turn and how violent that the communication around it can be has taught me how anger can really consume you or how it can really negatively affect a relationship and how important it is to be able to forgive to move on it has taught me kindness it has taught me the compassion because we all can make mistake uh it has a it, it has brought me in a way to ask myself questions uh, around the family that i want or how I, do i want my relationships to be because i knew i didn't want that and so very early on i started asking okay if that's not what i want if that's pain then what do i want for myself i think the divorce ultimately uh, taught me the importance of peace and so how peace the peaceful relationship really is is luxury i don't i don't want drama i don't even like watching drama on tv 
when, oh, this guy went with that girl and this happened and, and that happened. And then this other character comes in. I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't want any more drama in my life. I'm, I'm fine. One question I had for you, Andrea, have you forgiven your parents? Where are you on your journey to forgiveness? I think I'm at a very good point. Partly, I think the reason why I came back to, to Italy now is because there's some more work that I need to do in that space. And ultimately, I think that healing the, these two relationships will bring even more peace and, and freedom in, into my life. Uh, and, I, and I guess this is true, though, for, for any child of divorce or any children, really, uh, even those that grew up in, uh, in families that are still together. Healing the relationship with, with the parents is so important to me because I think, at least in my experience, inevitably, they influence the relationships that we have with our partners or with, with our friends. And I think that, you know, I got to a level where... I don't think anyone really has the the power to make me angry or to make me sad. I'm I'm keeping that power for myself and I learn how to manage myself, my emotions in a certain way, but when I'm with my parents because when certain mechanisms arise, when we get back into certain conversations where things get like violent, triggers. I, I violent, think yeah then I, I'm the most vulnerable or I get back into a state or a feeling that, yeah, that is, that is heavy, that is, um, that is sadness, that is, uh, that is a lot of things. So that's something that I can relate to yeah. so much. And it's so hard to separate yourself from that because I think the reality also is now that we're adults, we are on our own journey of healing while they're still on their own journey of life or healing or, or whatever yeah. we want to call it. And they're different. <clears throat> the points that we're at and the experiences that were made as part of the separation are different. Even the experiences Sophia and I have as sisters of the same separation is different. And as a result, mentally or emotionally, we'll be at different points. And sometimes that aligns and we can connect very well in a conversation that links to family. And sometimes it's not aligned. Um, and so I think it's so hard to ever come to a point where you're not triggered by something <clears throat> in the context of family. I really hope to get to that point. Yeah but I really don't know how to get there. And so I think maybe a question that I'd have to you is what are some of your coping mechanisms today in terms of things that you do? And you mentioned meditation as one of them, mm. um, but we love to just gather, you know, things that people yeah. do that- Give us tips. Uh, yeah, that, that help in their own journey. The essence of it is to become aware of yourself or anything that happens within this, this body-mind, right? And people can do that in, in different ways. Because going back to the trigger, a quote that I always like is that, um, you know, the saying, I'm, I may have pushed your buttons, but I did not put those buttons there in the first place. And I think that's true because we get triggered by, by different things, obviously. And so becoming aware to me is being able to go inside and look at those buttons yeah, and, and understand what triggers me. Um, and so... The way that is the personal way that I found uh, I, I deal with this uh, or I heal this is through meditation. And so becoming aware of how my mind works or the sensation that is arising the moment that I hear something, the thoughts that start to form as I hear something, 
and creating a, a space in between what I'm experiencing and the way I act, not living in a reactive state, right? Yeah. I think Viktor Frankl said it very beautifully, and I don't want to butcher his quote, but he says that between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space lies our growth and our freedom. And, and for me, meditation is the tool that allows me to enter that space. And I think the meditation that has helped me the most has been Vipassana meditation that I wanted to mention because it translates as to see things as they are, to see things as they, they really are. And so that's the ultimate form of acceptance, I think. Um, the moment you see thing, things as, as they are, then you're able to bring peace in any, in any situation of your life because it is what it is, not what you would like it to be. So I don't want to go into now um, philosophical <laughs> conversation, but ultimately that's how I, I cope with it. And I'm, I'm really focused on, on my growth because I know that's the only thing that I can control. Yeah. And the lack of emotional maturity of my parents is something that I have had to come to terms with um, right. or the lack of awareness in a, in a sense. This is amazing. I also have to just yeah. say that to you, Andrea, like, yeah. you know, so many people can come from that background and that situation. And as you said, be bitter and, you know, maybe repeat patterns in their own relationships. And the fact that you have deliberately chosen to not do that exactly and to focus on yourself and to move forward is really incredible. And I really commend you on that because that's not easy. It, it really isn't. Something that I that I read that's very interesting, and now please don't misunderstand me in that I, I don't want to sound arrogant at all, but I just want to report this story because I find it's very interesting. But, you know, somebody was explaining how usually in any novel or movie, there is the villain and, and the hero. And they most of the times they have a very similar past. They don't been um, abandoned or traumatized in a certain way you know they grew up in an orphanage or, or whatnot and what really sets them apart is not how they grew up but rather what they decide to make of that experience whereby the villain decides that because they have suffered now they want everybody else to suffer as well and the hero decides that because they have suffered they don't want anybody else to suffer then. And I think that like, we all have the power to choose whether we want to be a villain or we want to be a hero. We're all heroes, guys. <laughs> We're all heroes. <laughs> don't be a villain, guys. Don't be a villain. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much, Andrea, for, for being on the podcast and, and for sharing thank your you. wisdom and your your tips and, and also just your experience. Um, yeah, it's been very enlightening and, and just very informative as well. Thank you, Andrea, so much from my side as well and to our listeners for tuning in. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.